0: Our scripture reading will be from Ezra, chapter 7, verses 8 through 10. Ezra, chapter 7, verses 8 through 10. This is found on page 393 of the Red Pew Bibles. And Ezra came to Jerusalem in the fifth month, which was in the seventh year of the king. For on the first day of the first month, he began to go up from Babylonia. And on the first day of the fifth month, he came to Jerusalem for the hand of his God was on him. For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach his statutes and rules in Israel. I am. Uh, I'm not Ed Wharton. I appreciate Kevin's prayer. I. Uh, I probably do need to reintroduce myself to some of you. I've. I've not been here for a, a, a week or so, and uh, not spoken or not preached since August the 4th. And so, I'm John Baker, and I. I still. I still am here, and uh, we're. We're. We're glad to be back with you. We really. Really missed being here as we were out of town last week, and glad to be back today. Um, Sometimes football players have to play hurt. I'm kind of playing hurt this evening. You can kind of hear it in my voice. I have my trusty bottle of water up here. So if I break into a fit of coughing, just, just pause with me and forgive me and, and, um, and uh, we'll, we'll get through this. Jesus was the master teacher. And if you have your Bibles, open them up to Mark chapter 10 and look at verses 13 through 16 with me. Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. The scripture says, in Mark chapter 10, beginning in verse 13, Then they brought little children to him, that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. And when Jesus saw it, Mark 10:14, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it and he took them up in his arms, he laid his hands on them, and he blessed them. I would like for us to use this lesson tonight to shine a spotlight on one of our largest, most labor-intensive works here at Katy. That is our children's Bible class program. Jesus said, let the little children come to me That tells me something about the Savior. It tells me that he was interested in young children. He was interested in making sure that they had access to him. It also tells me that he was winsome, that people wanted to be around him. It's significant that little children wanted to come and to see and to meet Jesus and to learn about him, just as the adults did. And just like adults today sometimes do, the disciples, they thought Jesus had more important things to be concerned about. Certainly he was here to save souls and he was here to redeem man from his sin. And because of that, he didn't have time for little children and their games and their silliness and and all that goes with little children. Jesus was angry when they rebuked the children. It says in verse 14, he was displeased. And he taught a lesson. Let those little children come to me. And it's also significant that Jesus spoke about the innocence of little children. He says, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. If you want to know what it means to be my disciple, if you want to know what it means to come to God, you need to understand something of a childlike faith, a faith that trusts, a faith that is innocent, a faith that is free from ulterior motives and and all kinds of manipulation. Let the little children come to me. We put, as a congregation here, a tremendous amount of time, a tremendous amount of effort, a tremendous amount of investment in reaching our young kids for God. And I want us to just spend a few minutes this evening thinking about why we do that, how we can do even better, and what God wants from us where this program is concerned. What I want us to do with our study tonight is two things. I want us first of all to consider some excellent reasons to support our children's Bible classes. You know, biblically, a congregation does not have to have a Bible class program. Biblically, we could assemble for worship on the first day of the week, and we could do what the Bible commands us to do, and we could all go home. But there is something noble and something good, something worthwhile about having a Bible class program. Excellent reasons to support it and then secondly some practical suggestions for all of us as pertains to our children's Bible class program Number one this evening as we think about what Jesus wants from us He's interested in young children young children need to be brought to him so that they can know who he is so that they can develop a faith in him so that they can know when the time comes what they must do to be saved five excellent reasons to support children's Bible classes. Number one, as you think about children's Bible classes, this was something that Jesus prioritized himself. In Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through uh, 13 through 16 that we just read, Jesus welcomed little children. This was not the only time in his ministry that Jesus did this. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew chapter 18 and look at verses one through four. Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 4. Why should I support children's Bible classes? One reason is because it was a priority of Jesus himself. Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 4. The disciples ask a question. Who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus said to them, having called a little child and set the child in the midst of them, Matthew 18, verse 3, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. Brothers and sisters and friends, young children are precious to Jesus Christ. You cannot read about his life and his ministry without coming to that conclusion. They are precious to him. And my question for you is this, are young children precious to you? Do you see in them a soul that was created by God that we have as a congregation a responsibility to contact and to nurture and to develop for the glory of God? You know, interestingly enough, the Bible puts the onus of a child's spiritual education upon the home. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 6, God gave the responsibility of training up children to families, to moms and dads, grandparents. God gave that responsibility primarily to the home, but that does not mean that the church ought to be left out of the process. Jesus loves the little children. Children are precious to him, and if we're going to be like our master, Jesus Christ, that ought to be a priority that all of us have as well. Excellent reason number two to support children's Bible classes, the seed principle, the seed principle. Open your Bibles to Galatians chapter six and look at verse seven. Galatians chapter six and verse seven. Listen to what the inspired writer tells us. In Galatians chapter six and verse seven, he says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows that he will also reap. My question for all of us tonight, what are we sowing? What are we intentionally planting in the ground hoping for a harvest? As a congregation, doesn't it make sense that we would sow and we would invest and we would plant as much as we can the seeds of God's word and his love and faith in him in our young children because we want to see a harvest one day good things don't just happen. Somebody has to make them happen. A good harvest, a good crop doesn't just spring up by itself. Somebody has to do some sowing. And because that's true, we want to sow and invest good seed in the hearts of our young children. We need our two-year-olds and our three-year-olds and our first-graders and our third-graders to know who God is, to know about his great works throughout history, to know about his saving plan, his love for them. We need them to learn those things because as we plant those seeds in their hearts and their minds, there's going to be a harvest one day. There's going to be a good crop. The apostle Paul spoke of Timothy's faith. You remember what he said in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5? He said, I call to mind the sincere faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother and your mother, but now I'm also convinced it's in you. Timothy's mother and grandmother, Lois and Eunice, had made sure that they planted that seed in young Timothy's heart, and as he grew older, that seed grew a crop. What seeds are you planting in the hearts and minds of young children. As a congregation, we can do so much to impact our young kids for eternity. In third John verses three and four, the apostle John said, "'I have no greater joy than to hear "'that my children walk in truth.'" Is it a joy for you to hear when young children are learning the truth about God's word? Good reason number three to support children's Bible classes. Number three, Through the teaching of God's word, faith is inspired, it is increased. Through the teaching of God's word, faith grows. It is planted in people's hearts, and it grows and it develops through the teaching of God's word. Romans chapter 10, verse 17, the familiar passage. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let me just pause and say this for a moment. As I think about the classes that I've been privileged to observe and the things that I've heard in the time that I've been here at Katy, it is a wonderful thing and a great commendation that we have a teaching program that emphasizes and majors in the word of God. We want more than anything for our young children, our older kids, our adults, to hear and to know what God has said. Is there any word from the Lord? Jeremiah 37 verse 17. And we want all of our Bible classes to answer that question. Yes, there is a word from the Lord. He has spoken. Because we believe as Christians that that's how faith grows. It doesn't grow any other way other than by us hearing and responding to in obedient submission, the word that God has spoken. And so, we have just a limited time and a limited number of opportunities to plant in our young kids' hearts the ideas and the concepts and the principles that are found in the Bible. But we believe that when we do those things, that faith will be established, it will be increased. The time is coming when all of our kids are gonna have to say, like Joshua, choose you this day whom you will serve. They're going to have to decide who they're going to serve. Joshua went on to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua 24, verse 15. But the time is coming in their lives when they're going to have to choose for themselves what they believe, why they believe it. And the Bible is urgent about the concept of teaching. It tells us that we are to teach constantly the words, the oracles of God, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11. The Bible tells us that older women are to teach the younger, among other things. Titus chapter 2, verses three through five. We need to be involved in teaching because that's how faith grows. That's how faith is strengthened. That's how faith is encouraged. Number four, why should I support children's Bible classes? Because the devil is hard at work. The devil is hard at work. He is after your kids, no matter what age your kids are. He is after adults, no matter what age we find ourselves. I'm always fascinated by the temptation of Jesus. In Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 12, the devil tempted Jesus three times. And after Jesus resisted each temptation successfully, the scripture says in Luke 4, verse 13, that the devil departed from Jesus until an opportune time. The devil is always looking for an opportune time. And he has not delayed in causing all kinds of influences to come into this world that are going to negatively influence our kids. You know, I was here on Friday. I was sitting in the office there and a bunch of concrete trucks came into the parking lot. And they started pouring the concrete for the parking lot out there. And I was studying for this lesson, it was interesting as they were pouring the concrete, there must have been a dozen at least men standing out there and they were smoothing over that concrete just as fast as they could. And as fast as they could get it poured, they were smoothing it over and they didn't stop. They didn't take a break because you know why? The concrete's gonna set quickly. And if they don't get that concrete where it's supposed to be in time, it's gonna be too late. They're gonna have to break it up and start all over. Brothers and sisters and friends, our young children are like wet concrete. We have a limited amount of time, not much time to set the foundation. And the devil is hard at work. He's constantly looking for opportunities in their lives. Turn back in your Bibles, if you would, to Proverbs chapter four, and look at verses three and four. Proverbs chapter four, verses three and four. Jesus said, let the little children come to me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. We don't ever wanna be guilty of keeping our children from Jesus, do we? We don't ever want to be guilty of the sin of restraining them by our actions, by our neglect of coming to our Lord. In Proverbs chapter 4 verse 3, the Proverbs writer says, When I was my father's son, tender, and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said, Let your heart retain my words, keep my commands, and live. Get wisdom, get understanding, do not forget. Turn away from the words of my, nor turn away from the words of my mouth, the Proverbs writer says. Look, if you would, at Proverbs 4, verse 3. One of the things he says in that passage is kind of intriguing. He says, my father came and began to instruct me when I was, my translation says, tender. This father was wise. He started to instruct his son while he was still young, tender, We need to teach our kids while they're tender. Sometimes teaching occurs too late. Sometimes it's not until a crisis happens that we begin to seriously think about spiritual influences and spiritual concepts. This man was wise because he planted good seeds in his son's heart while he was still tender, the devil's heart at work. Number five, why should we support children's Bible classes? Excellent reason number five, because we have something precious to communicate. We have something important to say. Do you believe that? Do you believe that the message of God's word is important? Do you believe that it is necessary? Do you believe that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God? Do you believe that? You know, one thing that makes for a good sermon is this. There are many things that go into a sermon. One of the things that makes for a really good sermon is the fact that the preacher has something to say. He doesn't just have to say something. A lot of times in our Bible classes, we need to think about that, those of us who teach. Am I just having to say something? Here we are again, and I'm just going through the motions. Or do I come to class as a teacher having something important to say from the word of God? Psalm 119, verse 97. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Those of us who preach and those of us who teach, we need to think more seriously about the love of God, about the will of God, about the greatness of God. And when we get ready to teach other people, whether they're young children, whether they're adults, let's make sure that we are communicating that what we have to say is important. It's not important because we say it is, it's important because God has given it to us through his inspired word. We have an important, a critical message. You know, it's interesting that a lot of parents will give great attention to their children's education. They'll give great attention to making sure assignments are completed, making sure that teachers' roles and responsibilities are being fulfilled in the public school system. We give a lot of attention to making sure that our kids are doing their homework and making sure that they're making A's and B's and whatever our goal is for that particular class. But I'll tell you something, under this point, It's occurred to me many times over the years that if a young person graduates from high school and they don't have a basic grasp of God's word, their education, while maybe complete and impressive in other areas, is sorely lacking. If we don't have a knowledge of what God has said and what God wants from us and what God's will, his love, his concern, his mercy, his wrath, if we don't have that concept and we don't know what the Bible is all about, a grasp of the scriptures, our education is not what God intends for it to be. If you're still open to Proverbs, look at verse five, chapter four. Look at what the father's saying to his son, Proverbs four, five. He says, get wisdom, exclamation point. Get understanding, exclamation point. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. He is desperate to make sure that his son understands that God is concerned about him and the principles of wisdom are bound up in his word. He's anxious. We need to have that same kind of anxiety as pertains to our children's Bible classes. Those are five reasons, excellent reasons to support children's Bible classes. Let's turn our attention secondly tonight to this, some practical suggestions. Practical suggestions regarding our children's Bible classes Maybe it's been a while since you've thought about this subject. Maybe it's been a while since you've given any kind of consideration to what happens over there in the education building. If you're like me, a lot of Sundays I come to worship, I teach a class or I I sit in here and I, I attend a Bible class and I don't ever go to that building over there. I'm telling you, one of the most important works we do as a congregation happens over there. Some practical suggestions, number one, You and I need to be prayerful. Prayerful for our Bible class program. We need to pray for our elders and their wisdom. We need to pray for the coordinators. We need to pray for the Bible class teachers. Those who have taught, they can know and identify with me. It is sometimes a thankless task. And we have a number of dedicated teachers who selflessly give of their time, of their energy of their talents and they do it because they love the Lord and you do it because you love little children you love their souls thank God for you we need to pray for people like that because there are a lot of them among us here we need to give ourselves to prayer and not only that we need to pray for young children I want to pray for young children first and foremost that they're hearing God's word at home I hope your children are I hope that as parents, that that's a priority in your home. And I wanna pray for young children that that's where they're hearing and knowing most of what God's word has to say. But I wanna pray this as well. I wanna pray that when they come and they attend here, that it's not just playtime, it's not just wasted time. It is a time in which we are investing spiritual things, age appropriate, but spiritual in the lives of our kids. We need to pray those kinds of things. Practical suggestion number two, You knew I was getting to this. Consider volunteering to teach. Consider volunteering to teach. We have a program that has a lot of classes and a lot of roles to be fulfilled. In every one of our children's classes, our elders have decided many years ago that there are going to be two teachers. There's going to be a teacher and there's going to be a helper. There are a lot of reasons why they made that decision. Good reasons. But my challenge to you is give it some thought, consider. And maybe you're sitting there and you're saying, well, Brother John, I've I've never taught second graders. I've never taught a class like that. I, I don't know if I could do it. All you need to do is ask. Joe Brewer, where's Joe? There he is, Joe, raise your hand. That's Joe Brewer over there. Raise your hand again, Joe, hold it up high. Talk to Joe Brewer. There are a number of coordinators as well. You can learn who those ladies are as you think about each one of the grade levels. But I promise you, if you have a desire and a willingness and this is something you're interested in, prayerfully consider it, talk to Joe. Because we can find a place where you can learn the things that you'd like to learn. But I'd also challenge you to do this. I'd like for you to think about the fact that you can make an eternal impact in some young person's life. You can do something by planting a seed by teaching a class, by helping a child to know who Jesus is, you can do something that's gonna make a difference long after those of us who are older are gone. How we need to see it that way. Consider volunteering to teach. Challenge number three, practical suggestion number three. This is for parents. If you are a parent of a young child, please, please, please invest in your children's Bible classes. Specifically and practically, here's what I mean. Number one, learn who is teaching your children and give them encouragement and thank them for their efforts and their labors and see what you can do to help. Learn who's teaching. Ask your children, what did we learn in Bible class this morning? Ask them on the way home from services. What did we learn from Bible class on Wednesday nights? What kinds of things are you studying about? And that gives you a great springboard to continue talking about some of those themes and some of those ideas, but invest in what's going on. Show your interest, secondly, by being on time. Show your interest in your kids' welfare, in their souls, by showing up for Bible class on time. Matthew 7 verse 12 tells us, "'Whatever you'd have men do to you, do also to them, "'for this is the law and the prophets.'" I understand we live in a city where traffic does what it does, and I understand that sometimes work schedules and things like that are crazy, and I understand the difficulty sometimes of always arriving, but I'll tell you this, it may say something about our hearts when we have a pattern of being habitually late. It may well say something, it's something to think about at least. Because if I want to give support and encouragement and I want my child to grow and to mature and to be spiritually fed by what our Bible class program has to offer, make an effort to be on time. Teachers, by the way, make an effort to be early. It's a frustrating thing. You and I know. Sometimes a visitor will come and they'll have a number of small children and it's a frustrating thing to go to their Bible class and it's five minutes before class is supposed to start and there's no teacher in the room. What are you gonna say? How does that look? We need as Christians to think about these kinds of things as we invest in our Bible classes. And then demonstrate appreciation, as I've said, to those who teach. To those who teach, give them your confidence, give them your encouragement, Say a kind word to them and tell them how much it means to you that they're involved in and they're learning about your child and that they're concerned for their soul. Many years ago, this article was written in a bulletin. I thought it was very appropriate for this particular subject. It was written by a gospel preacher and he's recalling what happened when he was young. Here's what he says. When I was a child during the week, our Bible class teacher was also a bus driver Like many others my age, I decided that I could drop out of Bible class. Nobody would miss me anyway. How wrong I was. It took me by surprise when Mr. Tisdale knocked on the door of my home. Maybe it was the hurt in his eyes. Maybe it was the look on his face. But he had walked nearly a mile to tell me how much I was missed in Bible class. Whatever it was that brought him there, it worked. I made a promise to Mr. Tisdale to be there the next Sunday. And for the following 25 years, I have been a faithful participant in the life of the church. I even became a gospel preacher. Recently, on a Sunday morning, I thought about Mr. Tisdale, and I had a strong urge to write him. I wrote, Mr. Tisdale, if you had not walked up that dusty road to my house, and put your hand on my shoulder, I was a discouraged boy in need of encouragement and desperate to know someone cared. If you had not done that, I would not be a gospel preacher today. One week passed and I received a reply. Your inspiring letter came right after a near fatal heart attack. It was better for me than a doctor's medicine. You see, I had been reviewing my life and wondering if I had made any difference at all. I have been blessed by your letter which I have read and reread. How strange to think that something I had done so long ago and almost forgotten should bring such comfort and strength today. How glad and thankful I am that I walked that mile to win you back to Sunday school. In this hospital room, your letter has been a source of great and unusual joy. The Bible commands us to stir one another up to love and good works. One of the best ways we can do that is by being involved in our children's Bible class program. May God receive the glory as we invest in young children for eternity. Thank you for your kind attention this evening. Open your songbooks to the song that was announced a few moments ago. Heaven's invitation is yours at this time. If we can help you to obey the gospel through faith in Christ, through repentance, through confession of his name and baptism, You can become a child of God. You can become a Christian. If you're ready to make that decision this evening or if you need to respond and ask for prayers, whatever your need is, won't you come? All together we stand and while we sing.